This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Yeah, one in the house. What up, bro? Good. I'm feeling good. What's up? Yeah, you were just napping and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been on vacation. I've been. I took this week off. I, I have a job. I have a full time job. So uh, I took this week off, and uh, I've been doing nothing. And it feels so good. Like I, I was gonna go maybe to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And so I've just been doing a fucking NYC NYC staycation, just like chilling, very low amount of output. I went and saw some artwork. I went to the MoMA. Mm-hmm. Went to Chelsea, and just been fucking chilling which is rare for me i'm not like yeah. a chiller it's not easy for me to chill and do nothing mm. like i need to have like yeah you always seem like you're staying super busy you got a lot of yo. Know, i was looking through your art the stuff you make sculptures out of is like how do you think of this stuff oh like i saw one that you made out of beeswax one you made out of some cookies you yeah. or like uh, it was like a big boy something like that though it was like a sculpture with the water coming out of the out yeah. of the sculpture's dick yep like what? uh it start. I think it starts from like one, and then okay, one, I, I do one, and then I see how people react to it, and I and like, uh, I just, I just, um, how do I think of this shit? Um, it just comes. Honestly, it's come to me for a long, long time. I make like long lists of of ideas I want to do, and I and I update them like constantly. Like, okay, yeah, I want to do some bronze sculptures because. Bronze is classic. Bronze is like historic. You see bronze sculptures in the Met. There's bronze sculptures from fucking like, like as soon as people could make art, they were making bronze. So I'm like, all right, let me let me see what I can do with that thing. And then oftentimes, you know, if there's like a big dick or piss coming out, that's just like me trying to like, trying to add a little humor into it, my style, my flair, so that people say, okay, like this dude's kind of like having a good time. Because usually I usually I am. And if I can, like, you know, make somebody laugh or have some, bring some sort of joy to the table, you know, like, it's pretty, it can get pretty miserable out there. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty miserable world sometimes. So if I can br- bring a little bit of joy or some humor or something into that, usually people will remember it too. Usually I find that, like, um, some heavy duty painting or some miserable, like, thing, people, people will be, the type of people that I want to respond, don't, it, it doesn't stick in their head. But if there's some sort of, like, humor or joy or like a positive reaction it'll stick in people's heads for like a lot longer and they'll say like damn that dude like he fucking did like a bronze sculpture with a giant dick with piss coming out of it and fucking cracked me up and that's like that's what i'm trying to bring to the table usually regardless of what it is art or graffiti or just like just everyday style like that type of thing is like that type of joy or like just positive kind of energy is kind of like what I've been about for the for for as long as I can remember. Yeah, you said you use art as a coping mechanism for the for the world around you and how there's disconnection between humans and nature and the planetary destruction that we're getting into and all that stuff. How do you like when did art become that avenue for you? Um it's all for me it's always been like a a way out, but I never really since I was very young 
in school, even like early, like preschool, I, it was just like an avenue that I could rock with that I could do by myself and I would feel comfortable or I could do in like a school type environment and like it would, they'd be like, all right, like you don't have to really do too good in, in math. Like we can tell like you're, you're like an art kind of kid. So just like go over there kind of, you know, so it always like kind of like I navigated through that. And then um, when it came down to like getting more serious, I, I, I did, I went to art school, but I never, I never really even like, I was too young and didn't really uh, have like a real idea of what to do or like how to do it. I was just kind of like, I just loved being in New York and being on the streets and that was kind of the um, the avenue I went. But I would say like maybe like, maybe in my mid twenties, I really started to be like, all right, like this is how I feel and this is what I want to do about it. This is like some feelings about my, myself or my environment or the art I want to see. And then this is the, the repercussion of these feelings is going to be this artwork and it's going to look like this and I'm going to try to make it like this and I'm going to try to show it in this scenario. I'm going to try to one up my shit like this. So I would say like mid twenties, maybe like 2000, it's hard for me to remember dates exactly like when, but like maybe like 2008, nine ish. I really was like, okay. I started to get focused on ideas I wanted to see. Um, on like stories that I would lay out so that I could um, so that it would provide inspiration for art like a lot of inspiration and just like really start building on my my like this is what my, I want my style to look like this mm-hmm. is what I, when I want people to see that they can say oh EM did that I can tell or like you definitely have a very distinct style 100% and nice. some some of the sculptures that you make how do you actually make them like for example the bronze ones uh-huh. do you shape them uh, How do you go about that? Yeah, there's like a classic process. Um, I'm like, I'm lucky enough to have um, a person that helps me like work on the wax. It basically starts it's like it's, it's as classic as as it gets. Like it's wax, and then they fucking take that wax and they make a mold out of it. Or basically, we make a shape, usually out of clay, and. Uh, then they make a mold from that, and then they pour wax in that, and then from the wax gets like, I don't fucking know, hot bronze poured in, and the wax disappears, and there's bronze in that shape. Mm. It's like super classic lost wax. So um, I actually physically don't do it, but uh, I don't pour the bronze, but I would like to. If I had more time, I certainly would. I would go to a foundry, and I would learn that process because it, it's just like so classic and so uh, permanent. You know, like you see those things in a the museum, they're so. Like a hunk, like a bronze sculpture, like that shit is like powerful. Roman you just era. Brush the dust off of it and it looks brand new. Yeah, exactly. Much. Polish it up. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's that process. Wax, sculpting, make a mold, wax, and uh, I got I got a cool um, a cool girl named Emily that helps me like go through all that process from like the drawings. I'll make the drawings and she'll kind of do the clays and then we'll work on those clays together. She'll make the mold, pour the wax, and then from that, we've just been sending them out to a to a foundry to make those uh, bronzes. But uh, those are fountains. So, yeah, so then, like, you know, they, they go into a pump. You know, it's like this whole process that I've been working on and trying to figure out. And there's, like, a lot of learning. Like, the whole, I'll do the whole thing, and the fucking shit won't fit. And I'll be like, great. <laughs> I, I fucking blew it. But uh, that's fine for me. You know, like like I said, like, 
I'm okay with it taking time. Like I'm okay with it. Like my the ideas I want. Some of them have been like since I was a little kid. Some mm. of them have been like you know, thirty year old ideas, and they're That's not even done yet. But it's okay. Like I'm not in any huge rush. And I find like I find if I do rush some of these ideas, I bonk them. Like mm. like I said, like I, I didn't. I'll be so excited about like oh, okay cool like it can happen right now. Let's do it right now. And then I, you know like one little measurement will be off or something will happen and. So, I'm okay with it taking time. Dude, yeah, I was going to ask, because um, I actually was eager to ask you this, in terms of your artwork, because it's really original, and it has a sort of um, psychedelic feel to it. I was going to ask you if you ever had any influences from, like, LSD or mushrooms oh, to like, yeah. come up with your... Uh, For like, sure. Because that's always the first thing when I see it. I'm, like, seeing these plastic fruits come out of a helmet. I'm like, that's fucking trippy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yep. I think... Uh... I think do uh, psychedelic drugs have definitely um, influenced my 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 artwork and my practice and just my life in general. Uh, there's um, certain images came directly came from uh, a drug called DMT. Yeah. Like one experience with DMT, where like um, you'll see like oftentimes in my art there'll be like a grid mouth, mm -hmm. a mouth with like um, multiple rows of teeth. Mm -hmm. And that came from like a psychedelic experience. And then when I started looking at other art, uh, like Mayan art or like even Egyptian art, I'll say, oh, look, there's grid-like teeth. Yeah. And so I, I, that connection, like seeing that imagery from, from like a kind of like a life, I mean like a birth or death scenario with this drug and then going back and seeing like ancient historic images that have connections like that made me feel comfortable and made me feel like, okay, sick. This is like something that I can rock with that, that like, um, that will make me feel connected to whatever this thing is, life, death, history, art, whatever it is. So yeah, a lot of psychedelic, I, I, I don't, I don't use drugs anymore, but, um, but I fuck with it. Like, I'm down. Like, if, you, if you don't mind me asking, like, yeah. when you took DMT, what kind of form was it? Did you smoke it or you went to, you did an ayahuasca ritual? No, I smoked, I smoked DMT maybe in, like, 2009 with a friend without any, like, I bumped into a friend. I didn't know anything about DMT. And they uh, said, hey, you know, let's, let's smoke this DMT. It's really, really, really strong. I'm like, ah. mm -hmm. you know, I used to be very open-minded when it came down to shit. I was like, fuck it, yeah. So we just went and... Um, He's like, you know, smoke it and hold it in for as long as you can and exhale. And, uh, you know, like, did that and, like, exhale, like, instantly, like, soul shot out of the top of my head and, like, um, instantly. It, instantly, like, and, like, time out the window. Um, no concept of time. And uh, I'll try to remember because it was a while ago. And then, so then, like, my soul kind of, like, shot out into this mathematical grid, which was kind of like the, um, the lines of energy that create, that like create almost everything, I guess. And through those, like through these grids was kind of like a track, like a, uh, like a, almost like a roadway yeah, like and a then tunnel. that, yeah, a tunnel or like, or like almost like a highway. And then on that highway, there's like a lot of other energy things, things I couldn't remember, but I saw, Certain images like um, like a trickster-like laughing face, which was very comforting and humorous to me, that was maybe like beckoning uh, 
these other energies in myself to like come through. And I saw that kind of like there was a, uh, I could see that through this energy, through these lines of energy, there was like, um, a, a, a recyclage of like, of this energy that maybe makes up all of us in the universe or whatever. And then it made me very feel comforted that like, okay, if, if I were to die right now, which was what maybe it felt like, it felt like maybe my soul had just left my body and then like, not in a scary way, but in like a, okay, there's a body and there's a soul and they can be separated. And like, uh, so if I were to continue down this road, I would go to where everything else was going and I would be recycled back through into all this energy. My energy would recycle through. And uh, and it was it was super comforting. I was laughing the whole or my, I think I was laughing the whole time, but it felt like very comforting. Like, oh, it's okay. It's okay if you die. It's okay to die as far as like energy-wise, as far as like your energy. Like it's obviously sad and it's not really that aspect of death. It's more like the energy portion of death for me felt like, okay, it's not so scary. You'll get... It's very natural. You'll go back into this kind of like energy energy process, and you'll just come back. Around. So you feel like it's you 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 had a vision of let's say reincarnation. I think so. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't like okay, you're gonna come back as like a squirrel or a fucking like. Um, it just seemed like okay, there's like a natural process to this all, and it's very um, based on energy. And like I said, I didn't go like too far into I, there wasn't like much explanation in fact it was like the opposite of explanation it just felt very comfortable to be like okay like um there is some there is some like formula to this thing there's some mathematical thing but mostly i was just focusing on these kind of images like uh yeah like the trickster like a running type of like panther like creature and then all sorts of other like energy type of characters that were quite funky and maybe that's just my brain's like take on the shit you know but i looked and like i looked at some of the other people's like uh recollections of uh dmt like heavy psychedelic dmt trips and and they were similar similar yeah that's what i've I've heard that as well they a lot of people have very similar similar experiences and like i know that when you take the i haven't taken it Mm -hmm. um i don't plan to but Mm -hmm. i know that when you take it the chemical in your brain that gets released is the same one as when you pass away. Yeah, or born, or maybe when you dream, to a certain extent. So. Oh, was, really? Yeah. Born and dream. I didn't know that. I think so. I thought it was just um, when you get when you when you die. Uh, well, if it's when you die, according to this fucking trip, it's when you're born too. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all, all psychedelic. I never, I never really had like any sort of like deeper like from maybe acid or mushrooms all that shit seemed like partying but this one seemed like something different this seemed like okay and i never did it again it was only one time thing mm. i saw it i fucked with it i, I enjoyed it and i was i never cared to do it again. i don't feel like i ever would need to do it again until the time that you know it comes naturally out of my brain yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you said you don't you don't do any more drugs anymore no no i kind of like cashed in all my party points when it comes to drugs and stuff i kind of like had my run definitely my war on drugs definitely like didn't didn't end very positively for me and then i just kind of like i just had to stop using drugs Mm -hmm. all i'm not i'm like an all or nothing type of dude like Mm -hmm. when it comes down to like anything if we're going you know if i'm painting this thing i'm going to paint i'm going to paint it and if and i'm not going to like stop I'm not going to like paint it half or if there's like I'm missing a color, I'm going to go get the color and finish it right now. 
or I'm gonna I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability of what I have, and that's gonna be it. Like if if I'm if it comes down to like drinking or drugs, I'm doing all of it <laughs> uh, if, right now. And you know, and then it just kind of comes down to like, okay, you can't do it. There's like it, it'll you know there's infinite amount of of drugs and alcohol. So um, so yeah, I, I haven't used drugs maybe like almost five years, and I've, it's been like the most positive time for me. Like I was pretty pretty reckless guy. Um, when it comes down to using and stuff and also like my relationship with like um death like i was saying before and life and death like weren't very clear when i was younger especially when i was using drugs or alcohol so it all got kind of muddy and honestly pretty like pretty uh depressing what do you mean by your relationship with life and death well wasn't like very i used to think like oh, okay if i die or whatever fucking uh, you know like big deal i'm just kind of like here for a fucking good time not a long time and now i realize once kind of like i got out of this long haze like i was using i was i was getting fucked up since i was a little kid maybe 12 or 13 uh once i got kind of away from that a little bit i realized damn like life is a fucking huge gift like the greatest gift ever like life is the most special thing that you possibly can have so for me to be like oh i reject that i think life's kind of like a uh, whatever it's a game and if i die i die that's like it's a fucking lie and some bullshit like life's so cool mm-hmm. <laughs> life's so fresh and like also so fragile yeah like you know your friends start fucking dying and shit gets mad real and like people you look up to and fucking people start dying you're like what does this mean and then eventually you get out of the the haze of it and you're like dude there's no you know i'm comfortable with dying but i don't want to fucking die mm-hmm I want to I want to ride this shit out. I'm realizing now. Like when I was a kid, I thought it was like, oh, you know, like if I made it past 27, that would be like that would be like a great goal. But now I'm like, no fucking, I like I I want to ride it out for as long as I can. Cuz like every day is something new, something cool. Mhm. I know you went to you would spend some time of your youth in Haiti. Yep. I I definitely uh it's definitely a place that's I've been connected to since I was young, and um, a place that shaped a lot of like my uh, understanding of myself, understanding of art, understanding of uh, privilege as a white dude who grew up like in a semi-suburban kind of like I wouldn't say affluent, like definitely not from a rich background, but like I definitely have privileges that when you go to a country like Haiti, you realize like damn everything including life including that shit i'm talking about about being like the gift of life and like throwing it away um you see how hard people struggle and strive just to live and like honestly just to be happy and like what that means and then uh it starts to shape it started to shape my life as far as like what i um what i want to give back what i want to do what i want to leave how to help people out how to and also just like how to rock there's like a lot of like very very incredible funky real deal art there and uh i was i was and am friends with like a lot of incredible artists from haiti and um i just it just shaped a lot of like my outlook on art and life and um and rocking like how i want to how i want to project myself every day because um people with very little there wake up and they and they rock they they make their paintings and they have their stories and they take care of their families. And like, it just, it really hit me that like, that's, uh, regardless of, you know, what, where I am or what I have, I have to try to do that too. Like Mm -hmm. if, if if my boy can wake up in in like a, 
a house without electricity and fucking rock a painting that's like tells a story that he wants to tell and um and other people can look at it and, and he can explain that story to them i'm like all right well then i gotta i have to do that too like mm-hmm. I, that has to be part of like um my plan like how how i have to do things yeah influence from uh, other perspectives yeah and just like when it comes down to like the full sacrifice when it comes yeah. to expression like what are you going to say you're going to say it like um you just gotta i just have to say it with all my heart you know what i mean it sounds a little bit like corny but i just if it, i can't like say things like i said i can't really do things halfway if i'm going to show something i gotta show it I got to try to express it, not just for the viewer, for me. I got to get it like all the way out of my chest, mm-hmm. out of my head, out of my heart, into the way, that, or as close as possible as to the way that I wanted to see it, that I imagined it, because that's what feels like a success. And so um, I just learned a lot about, about things like that from Haiti. And uh, and yeah, I haven't been able to go in a while. Like there was there was a lot of like political turmoil and there was riots for like, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not even sure if they're over or what, but um, I haven't been maybe since 2018. You mentioned in uh, 2010 how when that horrific hurricane hit that place, you were supposed to be on the flight that was supposed to arrive the day of the Oh, hurricane. yeah, with my mom. For, for, it was an earthquake. It what went through earthquake. your mind knowing that happened and you were supposed to be there? Um, it all, yeah. I mean, I... I Huh. I never really thought about it too much, but now I'm thinking about it. I mean, I I feel like we all have like a path, some sort of destiny, some sort of like maybe, you know, some people would say God. And I just feel like, yeah, that wasn't my time to be on that flight. Uh, I, a lot of a lot of things like that have happened to me and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. It just adds to my like ability to be grateful. Yeah, I'm glad I, w- I wasn't landing in Port-au-Prince on the day of an earthquake where 250,000 people died in like... Uh, maybe 10 minutes with my mom like that that shit that shit would have been crazy but i went i I was there like um maybe like i think it happened and it happened the 12th of january in 2010 i was there maybe a month later like trying to help out and it was definitely fucked like definitely definitely some of the craziest shit i've ever seen have they recovered since then oh that the country yeah, they rebuilt it pretty well, but you know, it's it never. It's it's hard for Haiti to get like the break that it deserves in a way. It's, it's such sad. a cool I was, place. I was looking up the statistics, and it falls under like the poorest country in the yep. Western Hemisphere. That's yep. insane. Still, since the fifties, that's why. Um, you know, someone in my family that I'm not directly connected to went there in the fifties and and built the hospital because it was the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and they needed a hospital, so he went to like the middle of nowhere in fucking Haiti. With his wife and his kids and they set up this hospital which is like it's a wild story um and and yeah it's been like a privilege and an honor to be able to go there and uh and do projects and help out like um you moved there in 2009 yeah or I, I lived there right after the earthquake i lived there for for a while for three years straight doing projects with um artists painting like you know so basically it went down like this like there's this earthquake and they're like you know now what and the hospital was way out from the epicenter of the earthquake um like three hours or something out there in the middle of the island which wasn't very effective Mm. so then everyone from the city went out there Mm. so the population like triples the hospital is like a hundred bed hospital overnight there's eight thousand people there hurt jesus so it's like all out craze um 
So the United Nations is like, uh, we got to like figure something out. So they do this like flash economic development where basically they give money for programs so that people can get some money so they can eat like and, and do work and like take care of their kids and shit like that. So I managed one of those programs, which was just pure total chaos. And I was like, you know, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I'm not like a UN guy. I'm like, you know, I was pretty much there to just like you know, clean up my act. But then, you know, like this shit landed on me and, and we just did it. So basically my, my, my uh, program was, I did like big murals, like huge murals with a bunch of artists and a ton of kids, like fucking 45 kids and five artists. And I would do like these huge soccer tournaments where I would pay coaches to train these kids from different towns. And, um, and it was great. It was super fun and, a lot of par- you know you can throw a party there for fucking a thousand people for like 150 bucks you got speakers so you know i'd throw a lot of big huge parties and just get down and like made a lot of really close friends a lot of who who i'm still really close with and um and then after that that program ended and then after that they i got a grant to you know a lot of people from the earthquake because it's like all cinder block like everything's big, they didn't like really a lot of people got like mashed up and mangled up so there was like this they built this prosthetic clinic some like angel type place came down and they built this prosthetic clinic so people were getting new legs and learning and new arms and learning how to like walk and doing physical therapy and doing therapy on these new like specific legs that were built for the terrain in Haiti and uh, I would I would work with them to try to um, teach them how to make some sort of craft or do something or just like relieve stress by doing these like fun art projects. And I did that for like a solid year and a half, just like kicking out there, having fun working with these, these people that were relearning how to walk. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, I was definitely out of my mind. You know, you could get like a gap, like a huge five gallon thing of raw rum, like moonshine rum for like, I don't even know, 10 bucks or something. And just like, you know, it was just definitely just like a constant party, so I, I, I couldn't maintain it. But um, I never thought of them as like a party place. Oh hell yeah, it's <laughs> such a party place. People there, you know, they're just trying to, you know, serve. life is so rough there. They're just trying to have a good time. They've been through so much. They're trying to drink. They're trying to party. They're trying to fuck. Like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there's a lot of different pe- types of people there. But where I was, I was this is like some country ass shit. They're just trying to live bump music loud play music and just like have fun to the best of their ability so a lot of it was that a lot of it was partying so how was the paradigm shift when you come from there for three years to to downtown oh i was out of my mind it's very hard you know i came back to new york and like uh i just didn't know what where i was or who i was or what i was like you know kind of kind of like wild animal but um yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I learned a lot. I learned so much about myself, about my art, about like uh, how to how I wanted to go about my future out there. And um, yeah, but it definitely felt crazy. Like it's like Mad Max out there, you know. There's very little rules. You can ride a motorcycle shit face broad daylight with like three people in the back, and like that's you going to work. That'd be me going to work. Three people on the back of a motorcycle driving like across like a two by four over a river. 
<laughs> to, to get like uh, to the other to the, get to the other side of town so that I could paint murals all day with a uh, with like fifty kids, you know, like uh, just some like just some no rules shit, no 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 rules at all. At the end, I got very paranoid because the roads were so hectic um, that I was gonna I was gonna die on the road there because like you know people were driving like a hundred miles per hour in a in a in a bus, a fucking like, mm-hmm. Mad Max ass bus with like 60 people on the back of that bus and on the roof and then like a cow would just run out into the road and it would just be like boom they would just dust the cow or whatever or the thing would just <laughs> flip oh. the thing would flip over and it'd be like 60 people all over the ground and you'd be like yo it's like a regular thing regular yeah you have to pick of... up people all the time like dude just motorcycle taxi drivers that, and they're just like inverted like their legs are going the other way oh you're my like, god dude fuck and they're just like screaming in the back of your pickup truck and you're like dude this is how it is, That's and, uh, and then yeah, you come it just back. got to my got to me eventually. Got into my head. So why did you come back to New York from there? Oh, uh, I fucked up the whole grant, and I and I like couldn't. I was such a. I was young too. This you know, I was a kid, and um, I was partying heavily, and I, I couldn't like account for all the money. Like I, I ended up getting a grant for like a lot of money. I probably shouldn't even talk about it too much, but I will. But I got a grant for a lot of money, and basically I like misspent this money, and they were like, yo. You're in trouble. Like you spent like I don't know like hundred grand, and you can't tell us where you spent this money. Like you're fucked. So they froze my bank account, <laughs> and uh, and um, and like I said, it was by the end. Like I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like so non-functional. I was like I didn't even care. Like my, I think my dad like got me a plane ticket out of there, and I like landed with frozen bank account. These people like I don't think they were gonna incarcerate me, but like it was an issue. And then, like, you know, I had been, I had been like, a, a, a wild, in-the-woods-ass feral kid partying in Haiti for three years. So I was definitely, like, in a weird place. Uh, but I came back, and I came back to the city, and I started, um, uh, I started, um, I started making art. I started making art, like, really heavily. And I don't even think I was really, like, graffiti comes and goes in my life. Graffiti is, like, a, uh. It's a constant, but sometimes it ebbs and flows. And I don't think I was really painting very hard. I was just like thinking about stuff that had happened to Haiti and making making art and making sculptures and um, starting to make paintings and and starting to show them. And I had also um, I had also made videos every week before um, Instagram for fucking sure, but before like Vine, before these things, I had. It was a TV TV thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a feeling that. I had a feeling that people were going to express themselves in this way, small clips. And I, I was like, it's a, it's like about people's lives and people will be interested in that. And it'll be like life casting, like you'll broadcast your life out there and people will pick up snippets of it. So I, I would make these like short videos every week, um, for years. And, um, and I came back and I kind of like wrapped some of that stuff into like a cohesive package. I just started like really like thinking about what, what had occurred and trying my best to like package it up or express it in a way that other people could connect to it. Mm. And, um, and that's kind of what I, where it started right there from like coming back to New York from Haiti and just really figuring out like, all right, here's, here's, what I, here's, here's my goals when it comes down to like art and life. And some of those, some of those goals weren't achieved very easily. Like when it comes down to like life and understanding how to, how to live and like, 
and some of them were like the art stuff kind of like started doing well people started going like i started having shows and people really enjoying them and like i could that that like that bound that like kind of like uh equation okay if i if i think about this stuff a lot and i express myself and i show and i and i do the work and then if i show it in a public space and people come and they get down like that's that's like a that's what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And how did you start writing graph? Oh, graph. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Said, oh, graph. I'm trying to think. I, I, and I was like, I know they're going to ask me how I started writing graph. But I, I, graffiti. I, in seventh grade, my boy moved to California. Like my best friend. He moved to California for a year. His parents got a divorce. And then they were like went out to California. And he came back and he could like do West Coast tags. Oh, Lord. And I was like, oh. And we were always pretty bad, like on the train tracks and shit. And I would see tags. There was tags in my town. I would see, like, I would see um, somebody that wrote "break," who I never quite figured out who he, who he was. And there would be "rise KBN" tags in my town. And um, there was a "rise KBN" tag at the end of my block, actually. And I would just look at it all the time, and be like, "That's the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen." Like, it was just so sick. Like, who did that? And like, and I couldn't really quite figure it out. But yes, yeah, I, I started writing graphs just by being a bad kid, throwing rocks off bridges and fucking just being on the train tracks. And then like, um, I never had like a graph mentor or everything. I would see a lot of Cape Caper, who was like incredible. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I couldn't figure out how he even like did it. Um, and then, so yeah, me and his friend just started writing tags really poorly. And then I moved to New York and, uh, I actually got, a, 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 I got like a, there was like a big case on me and this kid in our town because somebody from the Boston Police Department like um, got like a vandal squad training or some shit and then he came and he looked around and he's like, all right, there's only two vandals around here and they fucking like did some crazy wild case where I was like in big trouble when I was a little kid, like all sorts of shit and like... Um, and so I moved to New York and I was like, I'm not going to write. There's like professional, awesome graffiti writers here. I'm like, I don't, there's no reason for me to, to write graffiti. Um, and, but just slowly but surely, it's just like, you know, I, I just, just enjoy it. How did you come up with the name Electro? Like that whole electromagnetic, how does that even come about? Oh, probably from, it's, it's been my only name or word that's ever been in my head. And, um. Electromagnetic. I just, it just kept came to. It just seems to, uh, it seems to describe me in the way that I go about my my life. You know, there. Um, yeah, it's just electromagnetic. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. I think. I think there's. Um, I think in the Ghostface song, he says something about supreme magnetic. I just always thought magnetic was so such a cool like. I think there's some 5% aspect of it too that I don't know mm-hmm. too much about. There's some religious aspect about it, but I don't know too much. But uh, yeah, electromagnetic. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible force. Some, it could be, it could, electromagnetic could be the, that highway that I'm talking about up there in that fucking trip. I don't know. It just always, <laughs> it's always been that way. I've wrote, I wrote EM since probably like 1997, I think, was like my first tag. It was my first tag, my only tag. And uh, and now it kind of describes a lot of everything I do. I feel like it's it's how it's just like that's the expressive part of my being, electromagnetic. 
The faces sometimes that you'll put in the one and stuff like that, that comes from the trip as well? Yeah, just trying to be, you know, like a lot of it has to do with like um, being, trying to be as funky as possible and like funky, like as far as I can express it, like express that core core of myself where it feel it like feels good and maybe it touches on some of that humor that i was talking about before where people can see it and enjoy it and it also touches a little bit on like branding over and over again if you see the face and, oh em did that em did that a little kid could see it. oh i've seen that face before i've seen that face before and um definitely the grid teeth for sure the grid teeth came on like i would i never i never thought about that before i took that trip mm-hmm did you used to? Did, were you the owner of Paradise? Yep, I was. I don't know if you. There's no way you remember, but uh, I walked in there forever ago, and like I don't remember like how you looked like or whatever. But uh, you were like, we were talking, and I noticed you had a bunch of books and zines for sale, mm-hmm. and I was working on a photo book at the time. So I asked you if, whenever I finish, if I could sell it through here, and you were like, yeah, yeah, and that was my plan. And then you know, you guys closed down. How did the How'd you come about with the idea of making paradise and all that? Um, New York City has always been like an incredible place when it comes down to like that type of thing. Well, when I came, moved to New York City, there was all these cool little shops and um, people would express themselves through like retail environments like A-Life or like um, any of them. I, there's so many bookstores and uh, there was great, there was cool graffiti shops and I, and, uh, and they influenced me. Like you would go and... I don't know, just look at cool shit and like, um, you know, even like a Tower Records or something like that, or Mondo Kim's, Mondo Kim's is a cool example on St. Mark's, like you would go and there's three floors of just fire shit, just cool shit, like records and books and zines and graph zines and like, I just felt like uh, it was important to contribute to that thing and then um, at the time there there wasn't, there still isn't really many graffiti, pure graffiti shops that were really like supportive of just like straight graffiti and bad kids and uh it just felt like fun if, and, it, and it was a lot of fun tons of fun but it was definitely way a lot of work and pretty fucking heavy um but yeah i don't remember that but i'm su- i was i was always down i was like i want this to be a place where a kid could bring a zine and say hey can i sell this here and then they can and they could say hey you should check out my zine it's over here and, and then other kids would come and, and look at sh- and look at that type of shit and get inspired or I remember Caleb was working there. Yep, Caleb was working there. Um, Zex worked there for a long time. One of my friends from Haiti that fucking came through all the way through South America was working there for a while. Um, oh, such a cool shop! And the the, yeah. the dollars that you had had everybody hit up wasn't that in a, an exhibit at one point? Oh, I don't know. It's, I know Curve had his stuff there too. Yeah, his paintings. Oh yeah, we did a lot of it. We did a lot of shows. A lot of good shows. Fuzz, Curve. Um, Zex, uh, a lot gory. Um, it was just like giving back in a way, selling paint, having fun, promoting just like that element of like of of real graffiti and 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 art and um, trying to have fun. But it's not it's not like a, a lucrative style of business, you know. Like mm-hmm. and. Uh, and eventually it, it had to close, but um, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, the main thing that I, I don't even really have them, but we made these like books, these Paradise Plus like quarterly magazines that I thought were really, really good. I'm not sure if you guys ever saw them. I saw the Paradise Plus quarterly video. It was on uh, Juxtapause. Okay. 
Yeah, and there was like, just like pear and all of them painting in a different country. It was yeah. a really well put together video. Yep, a lot of fun. Yeah, that kind of like was a supplemental thing to this magazine. Um, but yeah, it was just like everyone that was involved in that project, like the people that would come often and the people that would paint kind of like through the, the shop and put products, they all fucking love graffiti. Like they all contribute so much to graffiti. And um, I don't really like to say graffiti culture, but just New York, New York and Subculture. the graffiti scene here or like whatever, whatever you want to call that shit. We didn't know of book signings. There were, you know, like just all this shit that is important to somebody that actually cares about this New York and the streets and like uh, graffiti. We wanted there to be like this place where that could be like a, just like a center for that, a place where you could come and and do that it definitely was and you know i think think that's one of the cooler shops that has been out recently it sucks that it's not around anymore but that's a bummer i really like the you used to like on the instagram account the paradise plus walls or the morning commute you'd post like stuff you'd see or stickers yeah. like that uh, honestly it was kind of a labor of love and it became a bit overbearing um when you're kind of like you know the things barely making the rent because you know like you're out of fucking flat black and you gotta re it's just like a pain in the ass you mm -hmm. know and like anybody that does that shop everyone should go fucking even if you're a booster you should go buy some paint at the paint shop because they're doing that because they fucking love graffiti and they're supporting the graffiti scene so like any of these low brows or, or scrap yards go fucking spend 50 bucks there for every for every 150 no for every like thousand dollars of paint that you boost go spend fucking two hundred dollars at these paint shops because if they're gone what do you you know like what are you gonna do yeah i think now, it's, now that know. this one's gone people are like oh fuck that shit was dope so like, yeah we're, you know we, we've talked to jess he came on the show also and like uh -huh. hearing him talk about the back in the days of Abe life like uh -huh. like you said all these people going through this shop are real writers real skateboarders real like it was just like raw new york you know and like yeah i think like a kid like me growing up seeing that it's not they're not faking the funk this is like the real deal shit i yeah. want to hang out i want to know about this i'll like you know support it with my money or whatever because uh -huh. i know that it's not just some like you know uh, some businessman that doesn't truly know about this and you're just trying to make money off the culture yeah. these are real people like you said like they're barely making the rent they're doing this out of love so yeah yeah and i think that people just kind of like now people are starting to realize like with, with nothing around blades board and skate fucking close like there's gonna be very little shit around like now people are like okay i gotta go over there and fucking try to support but like i don't uh, yeah for a long time, people took the shit for granted. Oh, it's New York City. There's going to be popping shops. There's mm -hmm. going to be a new one that'll come up. But the, the sheer fact of the matter is, like, they're not. It's dying. Yeah. yeah. Not if people don't, you know, step up and do stuff like that. And it's not yeah. that easy, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's not. But, I mean... Um, From the outside perspective, it looks like, oh, Paradise Plus, it's all a game. They just made the shop. Woo! Yeah. They have a little art show here, art show there. Woo! But, realistically, you got to bust your ass to make stuff like that happen. Yep, and you got to really, yeah, you got to really care. So, like, eat every time, you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, all I'm saying is if you, there's a shop and you fucking want to go check it out, go check it out. Spend some money, shoot the shit. They, they're there for you. Like, it's not like an exclusive thing where you're not, you know, like, go buy your fucking paint there. Go buy a zine there. Go buy somebody's book there. I don't even know where you could do that, but, or start one yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking, if you, if you felt the love, show, show. I would love to do that one yeah. day. Start start some, some of my own kind of stuff. It's but. almost as if the city doesn't even want you to do that because the rent is so ridiculously high. They only want businesses that are like mainstream almost nowadays to uh, have feels like a it. spot, you know? Yeah, it feels like it. But I wonder now with... Um, with all this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe space is becoming maybe 
maybe a little bit more available. It seems like it. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess I couldn't say I recommend to anybody open a graffiti shop. It's <laughs> fucking kind of a nightmare. But um, did any did any like VS or anyone ever pull up? Oh, and be I like, think a couple times, but I don't know. I, I, uh, one time they came in at the first shop and we uh, and we were watching um, the Last Dragon, the Bruce Leroy movie, and then they were kind of just hanging out watching the Last Dragon too, and they're like, "Oh shit, Last Dragon!" And we were just <laughs> watching Bruce Leroy for the. They like made up some lie. Hey, you know, someone around the corner got robbed, and they just, I think they were just checking it out, mm. and then we, just, we were just all watching Last Dragon for a minute. I thought that was kind of a tender moment. <laughs> But nah, nothing really ever happened. I was always waiting. You know, it was a lot of stress. I was always waiting for like, Break down the door. or just be like, all right, guys, like the the gig is up. You guys don't have like, like what, like what the fuck are you yeah. guys thinking? Yeah. But yeah. nah, it never really happened. I mean, a lot of other tragedy shit kind of came, and um, it was definitely like heavy duty. It wasn't like the sweetest of endings to that chapter, but um, I'm glad it occurred. Mm-hmm. How'd you come up with that name? Paradise Plus. Uh, I mean, that's what it was. I was like, dude, for a kid like for if I, you know, I, I'm, if I'm thinking about like a kid that comes to New York City and you got like all these shops, right? Like, there was a shop that Bobito had called Footwork, and there was like all this great like ravey shops called Liquid Sky, and there were, even Supreme at the time was like very much one of those things where it was just like somebody's shop, and when you entered in, it was like their world and their mm. expression. And it felt like paradise. It felt like paradise. And for me, like, okay, par- this is paradise. And, like, paradise plus would be paradise plus, like, graffiti. Plus, like, you know, like, mops. Or, like, it just felt like something that, that made sense to, like, a kid. Like, paradise plus all this bad kid shit. And then you'd be in, like, heaven. Like, uh, like in um, Pinocchio when they go to like, that bad kid island and they're all, like, smoking um, cigars and shit. And they all get turned into donkeys. Or like in uh, the first Ninja Turtles when they go to like the bad kids lair and they're all skateboarding and he's like, yeah, yeah. what kind of cigs you want? And he's like, Regular or menthol? Just like shit like that. I was like, this is like heaven. New York is heaven to me. I fucking love New York so much. Even now. Like even the way it is now, which is like the weirdest, most bizarre sci-fi version of New York. I still fucking love it. I love walking around. I love being here. It's funny with this, like, this whole um, you know, pandemic that went on. You... Before that, I would think that the city's getting gentrified at an accelerating rate, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then this hit, and now there's graffiti all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, like, around my neighborhood, gates that I've never seen graffiti on, they're mm-hmm. like, there's no space. Running. Especially the LES. Smashed. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's smashed. Um, it looks good. Yeah. It looks like kind of like an 80s, modern 80s version of New York. But, I mean, some people could debate whether it looks good or not, but I like the vibe of it over <laughs> overall. Like um, beauty and the chaos. Well, they're also like you know. They, I realize now that this Giuliani guy fucking really, really fucked New York over. Like I was pretty young at the time, but seeing what this guy did and and the laws and you know the racism and the systematic pretty much like destruction of creativity. Um, the rents like skyrocketing, making. Um, you couldn't piss like when I was a kid. You couldn't piss on like you couldn't take a piss. if you had to piss. You had to like basically be like all right, I'm gonna get a twenty five dollar ticket right now. Like this was gonna happen. You couldn't drink. You couldn't do anything. And these laws seemed like so inhuman. Like they weren't shaping the city so that you could be who you wanted. They were shaping the city so that they, they could invite who they wanted there to live there, and the people that they didn't want were excluded. 
And I'm realizing now that that was um, anti-human, basically. It was inhuman. Like, they weren't taking care of... They weren't making a city livable for its residents. And so now, the residents are saying, this is how we want it. Your laws aren't really applying to us right now. Like, we're going to piss right here. I'm going to write my graffiti right here. Like, you you don't have enough Mm -hmm. clout anymore. We're not scared of you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, we just saw that... Like, there's a lot of people, and if they're mad, they can do a lot. They can pretty much do a lot. And now, at this point now, I feel like the cops are now kind of, like, reciprocating with some, like, heavier tactics. But for but it seems like some of those laws are out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, some of those heavy-duty, like, okay, if you take a tag, you're automatically going to bookings. Like, automatically. But now, you do a tag, they're going to be like, yeah. Or smoking weed. Like, I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are, but um, smoking weed, if they caught you smoking weed, it was like a rap. They were searching mm-hmm, you. Yeah. And like, dude, like if you had a little bit of weed, it was like trouble. You were in like fucking trouble. You had to, you might, like if you had money, you had to go. It's crazy. Like, yeah. You were in trouble. Now it's like, you know what? Like smoke your weed. Like go ahead. Like <laughs> do your. So those quality of life offensives weren't really like promoting the quality of life. I feel like they were just like making, yeah, gentrifying and shaping New York into like this one person's vision of like how how to keep it like rich or wealthier like cleaned up but yeah. um it's an amazing place for a lot of different reasons and for a lot of different people it's just crazy to see how there are people who want to do everything they can to change that you know uh, yeah I, I yeah i uh i don't i yeah i guess i can't i, I guess i can't really i don't really know too much about like these type of politics or like these type of very very wealthy people i just know that like right now there's like a an energy that feels like okay like it's even though there's a pandemic and you there's a lot of rules and like you kind of like there's the ability where you're starting to see a glimmer of like okay they've kicked out all these kind of or these people have started to leave the 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 price of living here has started to go down. There's less laws that are applying to you for the way that you want to live, like as far as drinking in public or whatever, just doing your dance. And then, uh, you know, it starts to be a glimmer of like, okay, this could be more like the place where I imagined it, where when, when I, you know, or I imagined a period. I imagined it today or I imagined it 20 years ago. And it starts to feel like, oh, I see a lot of hope. I see a lot of hope. Like you see real deal people that have been here for a while that aren't going anywhere getting apartments that they want finally mm-hmm. for the price that they want or buying a fucking house that they wanted or um you know not i don't see any a lot of people opening up businesses but i feel like eventually if things start to like kind of like even out a little bit maybe they can maybe a paradise plus plus could occur mm-hmm. but uh yeah I'm not, I'm not sure i don't like to really project too much about what what it's gonna be like i just know that like Finally, for me, it starts to feel a little bit more free, even though it took like basically the death, then the, the fall of civilization to, to, make, <laughs> to make it happen. And that's, that's kind of why, you know, so much graffiti occurred, I think, because people were really like, okay, I'm gonna go out and do my day. Like, there's nobody on the streets. It's like kind of time. There's gates down that haven't been down in 20 years. Like, I'm just gonna fucking see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. People have been, like I said, the LES is taxed right now. Yeah, LES is crushed. Um, no space. Yeah, I'm not even really quite sure how you know how it makes me feel or whatever. It's just like, it's just yeah, fuck them, paint your graffiti. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, you know, just try not to paint over me. <laughs> <laughs> what 
What do you have planned for the future in terms of your art or any future plans of traveling, anything like that? Oof. Yeah, the not. I, I love traveling so much. I love going to new places and seeing, and that's what where. Uh, that's where graffiti is actually coming most handy. You can land in a place and click up with somebody that you've been chatting with or a friend of a friend and, and just really see the city from the angle that I like to see it from. But it seems like travel is a little bit out of the window right now. Um, just keep rocking. I got other ideas for sculptures that I really want to show. Like that interact, that wishing well one I just did, that was like one of the, my favorite things I've ever done because it was so interactive. There was so much on the line. There was so much like... Um, humanity involved in it and I just saw like a lot of things that really I want to keep exploring in my artwork so like that definitely um, and even just the technical aspect of like making it all pump and function and like that just opened up like a whole big chapter in my head I, I also have a painting show up right now in Chelsea for the first time my first show of paintings in Chelsea which seems like a real arena like entering into a real arena all the other shows I've ever done have been like you know, kind of like independent releases, if you want to put it in. That seems kind of like a first thing out on a major label. Is it just you? In the no, Chelsea? there's some other people involved. Um, it's a group show, four people. But uh, it turns out they're all really great paintings. They're people I don't know, but they're great paintings. And I like being in the mix of them. And I, I like the way the paintings look. They're all paintings I made in quarantine, about quarantine. And um, So do you have a separate studio for your art? Or do you do it in your crib? Um, so... I up until this couple months ago, I uh, I had a house and I had a studio and I would go between the two. But um, recently, I just got like I said, like I got I I, I got a COVID deal. I, I lucked out. I got a big space that can I can do both in, which is good for me because uh, you know when I had the two, the house and the studio, one one ultimately would suffer. Mm -hmm. Usually the house. Because I don't really care too much about that type of shit. Uh, so, you know, like, I would spend be all the time at the studio and then, like, nothing, you know, like, my house, you know, there'd be, like, you know, groceries in the fridge for, like, a month. You know, just, like, whatever. I just never, I couldn't really balance it out as well as I would have liked to, like, and now I feel like there's a chance to, like, really be, like, okay, it's all gonna go down in this one space, which I think is more like my character. Um, so we'll try it out. But, uh, yeah. My my studio and my house are now one thing. That's what's up. That's, yo, I can't, can't imagine what your studio looks like, bro. <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, I can Sometimes imagine. I can't even imagine what. Dude, the I fuck seen I'm uh, doing. you post. There was like a video of you getting like a guy and a girl, and they're both butt naked, and mm. they had like the blood splattering. Yeah. What, what was that about? Uh, <laughs> How did you get these people to volunteer for this? Uh, I think you pay them. Uh, yeah, like two hundred bucks do or anything, something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, those are cool kids. Those are great. Yeah cool kids they were down uh it was just like a vision there's like an adam and eve type of thing you've seen naked people too a naked man and naked woman in art forever of course it's in the yeah. fucking church yeah. uh but i just wanted to make my own um and that fountain yeah it was just kind of like a you know sometimes these images occur to me or sometimes they're based on things i've seen for a long time or yeah i just wanted to make a fucking image where there was like a naked man and naked woman and a blood pumping out of some psycho fountain all over him and uh, it worked out came out just like i imagined it honestly so uh that was a success in my mind that's for a book that's not out yet but it's gonna come out soon where uh yeah i photographed all of these kind of like um helmets that i had been making or like they're kind of like uh they're the sculptures that are based on kind of like uh the plastic fruit coming out of them and stuff. yeah 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 it's kind of like um 
they're like godlike images. Mm. Um, talking about how they represent like the connect with man and nature. Yeah, disconnection between man like and nature, or disconnection between man and and uh, like a higher power, like a god or something, or connection to it. Like I don't, I don't really like to show to say, okay, this is about this specifically, but uh, a lot of the time there's themes that are involved, and then most of the time they're about connection or disconnection. Connection with uh, a force outside of, of a human or connection with a force inside a human or the opposite disconnection from those things and those are those are things that I like to explore because I feel like that's pretty much all it is in this world your connection you're connected or you're disconnected and I feel like that's what has a lot to do with um, energy and and yeah it goes back into like uh, the life and death and that that uh, that highway that, that that I think about often just has a lot to do with, with energy. How did the Hanji Party come about? Like that sci-fi cartoon, you talk about how it influenced a lot of your work. Yeah, Hanji Party. Hanji Party is something that I, uh, from Haiti, you know, there would be times in Haiti that it would be extremely lonely. Like I, I would be, you know, I was one of like maybe 15 people that spoke English. One of them, maybe like six or seven, you know, white people which which doesn't mean anything to me but you start to realize like oh okay like i'm different i'm a stranger here i'm an outsider i'm a minority for the first time in my life and and this is how it feels and like this is what i have to do to um to cope basically so writing this story was my way of um letting my imagination go as free as possible so that i could i could um gather up uh images kind of like images that i saw either tell a story that would help uh explain some of the feelings i was feeling you know basically like writing a story like uh basically it was it was like a um you know like a mythological type of tale that had to do with uh, my journey but but also like uh anybody's journey like just just a journey uh in a classical sense and uh it would it would help in my mind create these images that i could then paint or sculpt or paint them in graffiti too it's all one thing to me in reality like the graffiti can sometimes can be very basic and it's just like a a simple action um, or a simple character all the way to the sculptures which is like a super intricate expression of of these ideas that i need to see but it's all from the same center core funky world and it all kind of comes from from this story that that uh that i like to like um that's like never ending kind of story it's just like a constant um tale that i can tell to myself basically that helps um generate imagery so you look at graph you look at painting you look at uh sculpting is all one thing yeah it's expression it's like uh you know it's an expression of myself I, i i like seeing it as one thing um that means different things like graffiti to me is pretty therapeutic i don't know Uh, so that's like um kind of just one aspect of the practice going out and moving around a lot and seeing the world and then uh you know and then there's something like yeah studio practice inside where where that's like kind of like that's how i'm expressing myself there so yeah i see that all as one thing it all comes from kind of one place and I used to try to like divide it all up into different portions, like graffiti's over here, and I never want that to linger, to cross over into this art thing because that's not like uh, that's not like how things are supposed to go. But now I just truly don't give a fuck. Like it's all me, 
it's all one place and it's all one type of it's all expression out of me and it comes out in different ways. Could be bombing, could be drawing, could be sculpture, could be a fucking. Poem. And you don't really try to you don't really try to stay in one style. Like a lot of artists, um, which I can understand why they have like a. I'm either, I'm just a, a realist painter. I'm just a. I only I stick to this one kind of a general style. Do you find yourself doing that, or are you open to just? Would you paint some realism? Would you? dabble in other aspects for sure uh the type of person i am like when i look at art as a whole like art the whole entire aspect of art it's like so vast and so intriguing and so um so many different facets to explore like even just like in just the general like anything jewelry uh sculpture like dance anything like if it's there i want to try it and i want to try to 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 do it in my style and i want to try to um express how i'm feeling through that channel so if it, if it's realistic painting and that's the way that's the type of thing i want to see from me then that's what i got to do like that's how it's got to go down because um those outlet any any outlet can be an out like any any form of those things that you said any like type of art could be the type of outlet that i'm looking for at that time so i I would never say like oh i'm this type of writer or i mean i'm this type of artist or i'm this type of person like i just as an artist i feel like for me i want to try do and try it all and try it all in my style and see what that means you know in any of it in any fathom film animation whatever it is just like i'm gonna rock it my way and and that's just like what i'm about and that's what makes it exciting you know you know that's what makes things that's what makes me get up in the morning like hey maybe i'll try something a little different this day maybe there's some some um type of painting that i i want to try and i'm going to try to do it as realistically as possible which which i have been recently and uh it's been it's been fun but it's still in my i still want it to be me my style my expression and i and i want people to see that it's me mm-hmm. no dude i i generally respect like all of your work and what you're doing because like you said before there's a lot of dark stuff going on in the world especially right now a lot of people i feel they're losing their sense of like creativity sense of joy sense of happiness you know because they're so um you know there's a lot of forces out there kind of dimming that down so like people like you coming out and being creative, all the humor, you know, the life, the colors, I think that's very important for us to stay afloat with, you know, to remind people that it's not just all, you know, it's, you don't have to just go one way. There's the yin and the yang. You can also enjoy good art, good humor. You know, that's what we need to stay healthy in a way is, you know, to be happy. Thanks. Know, stay positive. And, you know, and thinking right now, what you guys are doing is not too dissimilar from what Paradise Plus did. You're taking a bunch of like-minded people or interesting people and putting them in the same space and seeing what they have to offer. And that's what a lot what Paradise Plus did too as well. So thanks for what you guys do too. No, thank you, man. Thank you so I much. Thank you a lot too. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, thank you so much for coming to the show, My bro. pleasure. My pleasure. I had, had a nice cruise into Queens. Uh, Flushing. I don't know too much about Flushing. I, I would like to know a little bit more. Just a few food spots and that's it. But it's, it definitely feels like a, a whole different place. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward. I'll probably go try to get some. You guys got any food recommendations in the neighborhood? Uh, yeah, I have, I have some. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, my Thank pleasure. You so much, Yo, peace. Right.